when we truly unwrap Christmas, you'll know that the Father gives good gifts. My dad didn't buy me anything when I was younger. It's not that he didn't love me, he was just tight with his money. Anybody know people like that? Some of the wives are like looking at her husbands. Uh, my dad just didn't like spending money. Uh, it's even like that till this day. I remember more recently, we're driving in my car going to my house, and he's riding it in the passenger seat. And we get into the entrance of my neighborhood, and my dad reaches over and turns off my AC. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He's like, you'll thank me later. I'm saving you gas money. I was like, we're not even home yet. And so it, it, you can imagine my frustration when we would go to Walmart as a kid and I would leave empty-handed. Like, see, when I, go to, when I went to Walmart as a kid, I just loved the big bouncy ball pit section. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they don't put it in the aisle or, or in the aisle of the toy section. They put it, like, right in front of you. You go, you're like, oh, this is so awesome. You play basketball with it, and you're just like, I want to take one home. And my dad was always like, no. Right? He just didn't want to spend any money. When you truly unwrap Christmas, you'll know that the Father gives good gifts. Now that I'm a dad, I do stuff a little opposite of him. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys parent differently because of the way your parents parented you? Anybody? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give my son gifts all the time. And so I remember going to Walmart one day, and uh, my son was with me, and I don't think he could even walk at the time. So he's sitting in the cart. He's just, like, drooling everywhere. I don't know. Uh, and he's sitting in the cart, and we get to the ball section, and I just had, like, a flashback moment. Like, my dad never used to buy me one. I'm going to buy him one, you know? And so I was like, I'm going to buy this ball for him. And so I bought him a bouncy ball. But then I decided to make a covenant with him. So weird. I'm a pastor. We just do stuff like that. And so I, I was like, hey, you know what? I looked him in his eyes and he barely could look at me. I was like, son, for the rest of your life, every time we go to Walmart, I will buy you a bouncy ball. Like every time. And so my wife was there, one, thinking I'm ridiculous making this covenant with my few, barely one-year-old son. But she might have been like, I don't know. It, hey, why would you do that? That's, you're spoiling him or that's too much money. And I'm like, baby, it's like 99 cents, yo. Like, let me buy this bouncy ball. And so sure enough to this day, we go to Walmart. My son knows where to go. He gets in, turns left, goes down the toy section, goes to the ball pit section. He just points. He goes, that one. Like, it's just the authority he had to have the bouncy ball. And we have bouncy balls all over my house now. It's crazy. My hope is that one day when he's 18, and I'm like, son, you want to go to Walmart? And he's like, yeah, dad, I want that bouncy ball. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if teenagers act like that. And he might not ever go to Walmart with me as a teenager, which would be awesome. You know, he's like, I don't want that stuff. And so I'm like, I'm like I, I just wanted to do something different. When you truly unwrap Christmas, you'll understand, you'll know that the father gives good gifts. Please note that my gift to my son is not about a bouncy ball. Rather, a commitment to him that I just want to constantly create memories with him, with son and dad. Like, my prayer is that my son will be constantly filled with joy, knowing that his dad will always be there for him, even if it comes in the shape of a bouncy ball. 
But even, understand this, understand though that my dad never bought me a bouncy ball. It was, hopefully no one goes out today It's like, all right, babe, we're gonna buy chocolate and bouncy balls. Now, even, even my dad not getting me a bouncy ball was his gift to me that for me to understand that I need to have joy aside from the material things. Actually, it became a tradition in my family on Christmas Day that when we opened up our Christmas, we would overjoy of what the Christmas gift was. Before we even opened it, before we even knew who it was, it was like a tradition to outjoy each other. And so we're opening up the gifts. We're like, yes, I love it. And my friends are like, bro, you haven't even opened it. I was like, but I love it. Look at the wrapping, you know. And so we overjoyed. Why? Because joy is a feeling. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. It's a perspective change. And so today, as we start our series, Unwrapping Christmas, there really is two types of gifts, okay? There's the gift that the holidays give us, and we have an expectation that in this season, in the holidays, we're going to get these great gifts and, and it's going to fulfill us, it satisfies, whatever. And then we have the gifts that God wants to give you in this season. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like Christmas Day. It's kind of like, well, I, I opened gifts on Christmas morning. Uh, it was a, a little bit of a different tradition. We had to make sure we cook breakfast, clean the house, clean the dishes. Like, we're not opening gifts until, like, Christmas night because we had so much we had to clean. That was incentive for my parents, which is cruel but a great idea. Um, and so we, we opened gifts on Christmas Day, and so there was the excitement. Like the excitement, do you remember the excitement when you're walking down the steps and you're just like, oh, what's under the tree? Oh, what's under the tree? You're like, like a kid with candy and sugar. And you look at the presents and you almost weigh out which one you want to open first, right? You're like, oh, this one says from dad, this one says from mom. Dad probably got me socks, so let me open that one first, right? And so we're just anticipating like, oh, excitement, excitement. And we go to the, the gift and we're like, I wonder what's in here. And so we pick it up, try to feel what it is, you know, shake it around. No, no dogs in here. Um, And you try to shake it around and figure out what it is. And we have an expectation of what the holidays are going to give us. And so it's like unwrapping this gift from the holidays. First, imagine you just unwrap the gift from the holidays. But then it comes with a lot of drama. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about when you go to, ex- you're expecting the holidays, you're going to go hang out with your family, and you're going to have a hallmark moment. Matter of fact, you guys are going to get the whole family together. You're going to take a lovely Christmas photo. No one will complain. Everyone will look all in sync, and everyone will be so joyful to take that Christmas photo. No, it usually comes with drama. I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm hungry. That's usually from the husband's. And so, so you're like, I, I mean, I, I opened up the gift from the holidays, but it gave me some drama. I don't, I don't know if I want that. Or you open up the gift from the holidays expecting to be a blessing to others, but you, you're met with financial burden. How many of us are like, man, I really want to buy the, the newest and the coolest thing for my spouse, for my kids, and, and then all of a sudden a bill hits. And you're like, oh, man, I really wanted to. You're met with this financial burden, and now it almost leads 
for you to have some shame and some guilt because you can't give your family, your loved ones, what you wanted because of this financial burden. And then we open up the next gift from from the holidays, expecting that this is going to be a very cheerful time, but then we're met with chaos. We're going to the stores thinking that everyone is going to be nice and perky, and we're going to get the front parking spot, and then you see people fighting over stuff, arguing, and then... You're like, oh, okay, well, Christmas is, the Christmas season, the holiday season is kind of bumming me out. What's the next gift that the holiday season give me? Maybe it'll give me some peace, and then all of a sudden it comes with stress. Like there's an expectation, and many of us, I know that we've had this with an expectation that Christmas is going to be so much peace, but we're met with so much stress. We're like, man, this is the gift that I have to hold on to. Then we go and open up another gift and from Christmas and from the holidays expecting something awesome to happen, but then you're met with health issues. Either maybe the doctor gave you a bad report, or maybe this is your first holiday season, Christmas, not with a loved one. They have passed. And now the season that was supposed to bring cheer to your life it has brought more, more of a darkness. And then you open up the next gift of Christmas and you're hoping that you're going to have a Hallmark movie moment with your spouse. But you realize just, this Christmas season, you, you start arguing a little bit more. You start fighting a little bit more. Fighting about the decorations. Fighting about what you're going to buy your kids. Fighting about so many different issues, and, and now the holidays has given you a gift that you just don't want, and you open up another gift from the holidays, and it's brought loneliness. And maybe either you don't have a spouse, and you feel that emptiness, or maybe you're just, you're thinking that this is going to be a great season with your friends and your family, and, and you just don't have that relationship, that friendship in this season that you thought the holidays was going to give you, which ultimately leads to emptiness. Where we ask ourselves, even in the, the, the Christmas season, like, what is this all about? You know how I know this is a real one because this is though deemed the most cheerful season of the year. This is where... A lot of the, this is a season where a lot of depression happens, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And so the excitement that you had for the gifts of, of, of the holidays, expecting that this season was going to be so great, has now brought turmoil. But can I tell you this? When you truly unwrap Christmas, you'll know that the Father gives you good gifts. There's the gift the Father wants to give you. There's a gift that, that is unwrapped yet that he wants truly for your life. That you might have, have gone in the past to looking at different gifts, but he has a gift for you that will be so great, so sweet, that even the anticipation that you have un, of unwrapping it won't, be, uh, won't die down once you actually receive it. The gift that 
I know that the Lord has for you this season is the gift of joy. The gift of joy. I truly believe that God wants you to have the gift of joy. When you truly unwrap the gift that he, that he, he wants to give you, you'll know that he wants to give you the gift of joy. Our Father gives good gifts. Matthew 7, 11 says this. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? The Lord wants to give you the gift of joy this season. But can I clarify? Joy is a perspective change, not a result. Joy is how you look at your situation, look at your circumstances, look at all these things. See, I think we get confused at where joy actually comes from and how to receive it. And so today, my hope and my prayer is that as we look at the simplicity of how we can receive joy through the stress, through the drama, through the financial problems, that your life will be forever changed through the joy that he is flowing through you. And so turn with me, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at the birth of Jesus. This is Christmas time. We're going to look at the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew is in the New Testament. It's the gospel account of Jesus' life through the eyes of Matthew. Now, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20 leading up to it, prior to this moment, Mary is pregnant. Surprise, right? Mary's pregnant, and Joseph's like, hold up. I didn't do that, right? And so Joseph's in the moment, he's like, uh, I didn't do that. And so he does what a lot of guys just think to do, like, just cover it up, you know? And so Joseph hides Mary. And then an angel of the Lord comes and says this to Joseph in verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. I'm going to stop right there. I just feel like in this season, I need to encourage somebody, or today, really. Now, some people are, some of you are probably afraid of what this is going to, if this happening in your life. Some of you guys are getting ready. This is December 1st, but we're looking at the Christmas season, and you're afraid. And I think the Lord wants to tell you, do not be afraid. Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The first thing I want us to understand about receiving joy is that joy is the present of Jesus. Joy is the present of of Jesus. Jesus is literally a gift from God. That through Jesus, we have salvation. That through Jesus, that we can be redeemed from our sins. That through Jesus, that we can have forgiveness. See, I think this should give us joy. This this simplicity of Jesus being the gift for us should give us joy. I think the reason why we either neglect or forget this topic or need to be reminded because we live in a culture that when we open a gift, a few hours later, a few days later, a few weeks later, later, we get bored with that gift. And Jesus, and God's like, no, 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 I gave you this gift 
that is eternal. I, lo- I just, I want to say this. I didn't say it last service. The gift that Jesus, uh, the gift of Jesus, the batteries don't run out, okay? The batteries don't run out. It's eternal. It's the simplicity of that. It's not about your situation or your circumstance. You know, Jesus even had some hard times and had joy in that. I love Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set when? Before him endured the cross. Hold on, time out. Jesus knew that he was about to be beaten, bruised. He knew he was, he was going to be nailed to a cross. He, he knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to die, and he had joy. Why? Because he, he didn't have a focus on his situation. He put his focus on the Lord and on you. He knew that through this situation, through the circumstance, through the trial, that you will have eternal life. That kid should give you joy. And we continue the story of Mary. So Mary, so she finds out she's pregnant. And if you want to go, Luke chapter 1, the next gospel, Matthew, Mark, no, sorry, Luke, skip a gospel. Uh, Luke chapter 1, we continue this series, uh, this, this story, Mary She finds out she's pregnant, and what does she do? She's like, you know what? I want to go visit my cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant, which is an indicator to me that pregnant women flock together. I just, my wife is pregnant, and they find each other somehow, and they're like, did you feel that? I did feel that. Like, they just talk about stuff, and I was like... I don't feel that, you know? And so, I think they flock together. But they go, and she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant. And it says this in verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went up into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now check this, verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's stop right there. We have Mary, who's pregnant with the Messiah, with the Son of God, with Jesus, probably nervous, scary at the same time, excited, but it was a miraculous thing. She understood this, and then we have Elizabeth, who is pregnant. That's so awesome, I love it. We have Elizabeth, who's pregnant, The scripture says, in her advanced years. That was the scripture being politically correct to say that Elizabeth was old, okay? Just too old to have a baby. Basically, it was a miraculous thing that Elizabeth was pregnant, which is a, I think was a reminder to Mary that God does a miraculous even before he did it in her, he's going to do it through her, and he's going to do the miraculous even after her. And so the baby leaps, but leaps for what? Was it just a little kick? Was it just a little movement? Oh, I felt that, you know? No, it says this in verse 41, or 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The babe leaped for joy. Joy is the present of Jesus, and then in this scripture, joy is in the presence of Jesus. 
check this. The baby didn't leap for joy because it got a cool gift. The baby didn't leap for joy because, you know, Elizabeth was at a Christmas party or the festivities. The baby didn't leap for joy because while at Walmart, they saw a good deal on the TV, right? The baby didn't leap for joy around any circumstance. The baby leaped for joy because he was in the presence of the Messiah. Can I break it down for you really quick? Really easy. Really easy. If you want joy in all things, then in all things, be in the presence of God. If you want joy in every circumstance, every trial, every stressful situation, then in all those things, be in the presence of God. It's not situational. It's not circumstantial. It's not even a personality trait. It's not like, oh, okay, he's just a joyful person. A lot of people will always say, hey, we need to choose joy. I'll just even simplify it and even be better. I think we just need to choose Jesus. See, it's, it's not, it's, people will tell me, chocolate, but you're just a, a joyful person. That's just who you are. Or you probably just never go through any trials. <laughs> Actually, in 2016, I went through one of the toughest trials of my life. Uh, I was going to say, I got married, and that's not the trial, babe, I'm telling you. <laughs> I got married, and one month later, one month later, uh, after we came back from our honeymoon, uh, I was on a head-on collision. I was on my motorcycle, head-on collision with an F-150. Uh, we were both going 40 miles an hour, and uh, I should have died. You know what my first words were as soon as I even knew what happened? I said, Jesus, be with me. And it was so crazy. As soon as I said those words, I felt like an overwhelming, maybe it was adrenaline. I don't know. But it was, it was like an overwhelming sense of peace and joy to the point that I, I thought I was going to die, but I was making jokes on the way there. Like, for example, this lady, the first lady that comes up to me, and she goes, hey, son, how are you feeling? And I look up, I said, I feel like I got hit by a truck. <laughs> and she's like, she goes, do you know Jesus? And I said, oh, no. And she's like, you don't know Jesus? I was like, I do, but I seen the movie God's Not Dead. This is not good for me. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Even to the point where we go in the ambulance and the, the EMTs, they're, they're panicking. They're like, hey, uh, you know, we need to get you some medications. Are you allergic to anything? I said, yes, sir. They said, what is it? I said, I'm allergic to cats. And they said, no, no, we're giving you some meds. Is there anything that we need to do so that you don't have an allergic reaction? I said, yes, please don't let any cats in here. <laughs> then we get into the, the ER room, and they rush me into this hospital bed. All these doctors, five doctors around there trying to make sure there's no internal bleeding, all this stuff. The nurses come in, and they start hooking me up to different stuff. And the nurse gets some scissors and starts cutting my jeans. And I said, no! And she's like, what? Did, did we hit something? Did we hurt something? I said, no, my wife's not going to like this. <laughs> did I want to have joy in that situation? No, I didn't want to have joy. I did want to have Jesus. And it was through the presence of Jesus and even a rough situation like that, I was able to have joy. Yeah, it was a tough season. But it's through his presence that I was able to have Jesus. 
Here's a question I want to ask you. When was the last time you leaped for joy? When was the last time in the presence of God we leaped for joy? Here's the scary thing. Every Sunday we come in here and the presence of God is in this place. But many of our feet stay on the floor. That's a humble reality that we come into the presence every week. And even in that, in that presence, many of us come in with, with the baggage and we never substitute it for his joy. It says this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5. I think it's an incredible, incredible scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How many of you guys ever asked the question, what's the will of, what's the God's will for my life? He just told you. I know a lot of us are like, I wonder what God's will is. He says, your will is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. Understand this, that living in joy is your Christian birthright. That's your right to live in joy. And I know some of us are like, well, that sounds so difficult to do. Either remember the gift of Jesus or be in his presence. And lastly, Elizabeth's baby, if you guys know anything, he came, uh, when he was born, he grew up. Fast forward, he became John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist in John chapter 1 does something that I think that will help us if, if, if you really need some joy in your life, and it's this. John 1, 29 says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John, what? John bore witness, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Joy is the present of Jesus. Joy is in the presence of Jesus. And joy is when you present Jesus. See, joy, if joy is the gift from the Father to us, then we need to take that gift to a lost and hurting world. Have you ever given like the perfect gift to someone? A perfect gift where they open it up and they're crying but smiling at the same time. You don't know if they're happy or sad or whatever. I think the perfect gift is when need and want collide. When someone needed something but also wanted it and they collide. Jesus is that perfect gift. Jesus is that perfect gift. See, we live in a world hurting in need of a savior and they're desperately wanting something more satisfying than what they've been receiving. The question is, are you going to give it to them? Joy is when you present Jesus, when you present him, and you're like, oh, well, I, chocolate, I'm terrified. I don't know if I, I I'm scared to, to, 
to share Jesus to someone this season. Scripture says that the Father also gives the gift of the Holy Spirit, that he will give you boldness to witness. If you would just receive the Holy Spirit and let him baptize you.